Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Tony Katz. It's Kendall and Casey. The Amber and Nigel Show. All right, uh, when does your show start? Do we know? I feel like I've been promoting this for nine years now. This is the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Good evening and welcome to the Tony Kinnett Cast here on 93 WIBC. I'm Tony Kinnett, and uh, if you'll forgive the uh, garbage Super Bowl pun right before things get a little bit intense on the gridiron, uh, it is the year of fumbles for the Democrat Party, and it's not even close. I mean, my gosh, I was trying to read some of the articles summarizing what's been going on in the last week for the Biden administration and so little of it can possibly be spun around and flipped for good. So let's give you the details on what exactly is going on. First of all, Biden is still reeling from one of the most brutal political defeats at the border in recent memory, in which Biden told the Border Patrol agents to go in and uh get rid of all of this razor wire that Texas had put up where illegal immigrants were streaming through, not through, you know, uh, border entry points, but just, you know, running across the desert, being dropped off by human smugglers like 20 feet from the border in their vans and trucks. And so after Texas put up razor wire, Biden sent in the Border Patrol to uh, kind of fix the situation. And the Border Patrol posted on social media, at least members of the Border Patrol Union said, no, we're not going to be arresting any of the Texas National Guard. And uh, actually, they're correct. And Biden is wrong. And things have only gotten better for him from there. So his facade on needing special congressional positions. This is kind of his new take that, well, he can't shut the border because if he shuts the border, that would be wrong. The president doesn't have the authority to uphold the law, even though that is specifically outlined as his job in the very beginning of the U.S. Constitution. Uh, Congress passes the law, in which case um, immigration illegally is, in fact, illegal. And the president of the United States then directs agencies to uphold that law. And President Biden never really had any issue trying to use executive orders to do things like forgive $1.7 trillion worth of college debt or direct the DOJ or the IRS uh, to investigate Christians and conservatives during the Obama administration. But all of the sudden, President Biden really needs Congress to pass a bill really to get something, you know, through. And uh, that's already fallen apart. Uh, it's already fallen apart. No one believes him uh, because Americans tend to have a memory, at least regarding the border, longer than five minutes. Regardless, though, President Biden on his way to the chopper, because that's the only time he answers news. It's on the on the way to the chopper. He takes one question from reporters and then he's gone. Get out. Here's Biden saying he's done all he can do. Uh, no, that's that's, of course, is, is not true. On day one, President Biden signed an executive order reversing Trump's immigration policies, according to the Voice of America, on February the 3rd of 2021. 
uh, he got into office and canceled the border emergency that Trump had established that had cut illegal immigration and cut funding to the wall, as well as cutting resources towards uh, exporting uh, those who are illegal and deporting those out of the country. Um, so complete free flow into the United States, a good amount of catch and release. Uh, this shocked me. So now it's going to have to shock all of you. This is from John Moore at the Hill. Um, the United States had some 10.2 million illegal immigrants total up to 2020. So we had about 10 million in the country since Biden has been in office. Another 10 million have entered the country. Biden has doubled the total number of illegal immigrants, many of whom include uh, pirates and terrorists and people from countries that are not in Latin America, uh, Chinese nationals, uh, Pakistani, Azerbaijani, um, Somali terrorists also streaming into the country. And that's just those that we've caught and have noticed. Uh, so the, the Dems can't say that Biden is powerless and everybody knows the border has been horrific under the Biden administration. So then what do the media and the Democrat complex do? Well, they try to make it look like Trump is actually ordering the House not to write any bills and not to work with the president regarding a bill on immigration. Here's what this looked like. Uh, the former president has made it clear that he doesn't want you guys to move forward on this. And judging by his comments, he clearly wants to campaign on this issue have you spoken to him about the senate proposal and are you simply trying to kill this to help him on the campaign no the answer is no Mike Johnson said, no, it's ridiculous. Uh, first of all, no one's seen the Senate de deal yet. Um, it hasn't been released to anybody. Apparently, it's changing behind closed doors. Mitch McConnell uh, has no idea what he's, what he's doing in there. Chuck Schumer also has no idea what he's doing. Um, that's the real idea, though. Isn't Trump secretly manipulating people not to pass a bill on the border? There's a problem with that, though. See, Republicans in the House already passed H.R. 2 which fixes a huge portion of the border and gives the United States additional abilities to prevent illegal immigrants from crossing that border more than just a, a line on your child's globe. So that's number one. Biden's really struggling there. Number two, Biden in the Middle East. So as we all know, an Iran backed militia killed three U.S. service members and injured 30, some very seriously uh, with a drone strike against a U.S. base in Jordan. The funny thing is, um, um, just a few days before then, on January 13th, uh, Biden had said that Iran had already received the message not to get involved in the Israeli-Hamas conflict. He'd already told them a message. Here's what that sounded like. I've already delivered the message to Iran. They know not to do anything. I've already delivered a message to Iran. They know not to do anything, except they killed U.S. soldiers. This now makes the death toll for U.S. soldiers in the Middle East five, not to mention those who will be severely crippled for the rest of their life because of extreme brain damage. Details about that are still forthcoming. Um, now, again, on the way to the chopper, and I'm going to I'm going to save you from yet another microphone full of helicopter blades whirring. Biden did say yesterday that he holds them responsible in a sense that Iran is supplying money and weapons to the people who did it. And then he says, I don't think we need a wider war in the Middle East. That's not what I'm looking for. End quote. The problem is uh, Biden's administration 
has enabled Iran to fund all of these militias and terrorists. Remember, on November 13th of this last year, President Biden released another $10 billion to Iran after the Israeli Hamas attacks. So giving Iran billions and billions and billions of dollars, um, that brings it up to about a total of $80 billion that Biden has released to Iran since he took office. Um, and, and by the way, just in case you haven't heard the news, uh, members of the U.S. Department of Defense have told ABC News that um, the response to the drone attack which killed U.S. servicemen is going to be killed, or excuse me, is going to be carried out over the next couple of days against very specific targets. So just like when Biden struck back against the Houthis by saying these are the exact three places that I'm going to bomb and, you know, shot some camels over in Yemen, absolutely destroying none of those, uh, which were responsible for the deaths of two Navy SEALs. Uh, the president of the United States is now telegraphing punches uh, to any targets around Iran because God forbid that you kill the people who killed U.S. soldiers. So. Fantastic. What a time to be alive in this country where you can give your life in her defense and Biden will make sure that those who took your life and shot at your country get away scot-free. Speaking of scot-free, the media is trying desperately to convince you that the economy is actually good. It's actually fine. There's nothing wrong with the economy. The Associated Press printed an article yesterday stating that American consumers are feeling more confident than they have in the last two years. And it's because the economy is just so good. It's so great. Even Gavin Newsom, governor of California, who, of course, drove out uh, close to a million people from the state of California since 2020, uh, quoted the article and said, you'll never hear this story on Fox News. Oh, let's see, the economy's actually good, guys. You need to be more confident. I mean, you have less money and maybe you're struggling to make ends meet, but you're just imagining things. Biden has everything peachy keen. Now, the AP article did include a note that said, despite the uptick in confidence, consumers' intent to purchase homes, autos, and big-ticket items declined. So the consumers are more confident. They're just not buying anything. Ah, yes. So uh, the economy is fine, um, even though corporations are laying off tens of thousands of employees uh, like UPS. Um, that was in a previous article <laughs> the same day from the Associated Press. The border is totally fine. It's actually all the Republicans fault, um, despite Biden doubling illegal immigration in his term of office and uh, U.S. troops die for nothing. So that's the Biden administration, a year of fumbles right up to the election. Up next, we're going to be talking a little bit about the squad and its progressive members who have thoroughly destroyed a lot of Democrat chances come election time. You are listening to the Tony Kennecast on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Listening to the Tony Kennett Cast on 93 WIPC.
Good evening and welcome back to the Tony Kinnecast on 93 WIBC. I'm Tony Kinnett. Make sure that you check out the podcast over on Apple Podcast as well as Spotify. And uh, there's a lot of great stuff that's coming out over there, including a lot of interviews that go a little bit over the radio allotted time. Now, you guys have been told over the last couple of years, in fact, I'd say about a decade and a half at this point, that someone is considered really historic, really groundbreaking, really amazing when their color, their skin color or their genitals or whatever genitals they prefer. um, When someone who has a different than traditionally that color or genitals or genital preference gets into office. Oh, it's so great. So incredible. Wow. Breaking the glass ceiling for 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 women, for for people of color, for non-binary people, for people are from the LGBTQ plus two IA, whatever crowd. Oh, it's so amazing. And we had concerns when when that was the thing that was being touted. Uh, what kind of experience do these people have? Are, are their policies good? I could care less how much melanin is in their skin or or what's below their pants. Do they actually have things that are going to benefit the country? Do they run a good campaign? Do they have things that are going to make my life easier or make life easier for my family? And the answer is, well, no, no, not really. Um, and so we had concerns because uh, if someone doesn't have um, a lot of good qualifications except their their skin color um, and they're really obsessed with skin color and genitals and things like that well then things might start to go wrong and oh dear goodness the progressive squad in the house of representatives made up of the most woke the most dei friendly people known to mankind well they've they've had some big uh stinky stinks in this last week so uh breaking this evening a bill to bar hamas members and other terrorists which were directly involved in the october uh, 7th attack which slaughtered uh israeli citizens as well as u.s citizens um this bill bars them from emigrating to the united states or entering the united states at all and it passed uh 422 said yes two people said no and then one person voted present Two no votes were cast by Representative Cory Bush and Rashida Tlaib, two of the woke members of the uh, the squad, so-called. So uh, we're going to go through a few of the squad's really great moments in history from this week. First of all, Ilhan Omar, uh, the real champion, super stellar stuff. Uh, she spoke in Somali, not an issue. I, I have spoken in Spanish uh, to several um, Hispanic congregations. She spoke at an event this week in a different language, and uh, that's not the issue. The issue is that when she spoke at this event, she started saying some weird things in Somali. Uh, things like uh, that the president of Somalia was her president, um, and she spoke as we, as in Somalians, are lobbying the United States Congress uh, to recognize Somalia instead of the uh, much more pro-United States Somaliland, and said a lot of other really gross and creepy stuff about her commitment and her loyalty, first as a person of Somalia, and then as a bunch of other things with the United States, you know, way down at the list. And so the right raked her over the coals because it's absolutely gross for a member of Congress to violate her oath of office by saying that her loyalty is to a different country than the United States and that she has done things in the United States legislature because of the will of the Somali people, not Somali Americans, not Americans who like Somalia, but people who are citizens of the country of Somalia. So really gross stuff. People called her out on her, called her out on it. And uh, she was talking about her desire to sue those criticizing her for defamation today, uh, retweeting 
um, an individual from Somalia who constantly and routinely posts that, you know, the Holocaust was a, a Jewish conspiracy that never happened and a bunch of other really weird stuff. So Ilhan Omar, checkmark that excellent member of uh, the squad. Corey Bush. Uh, <laughs> Corey Bush is, is some, I don't know if worse is the right word. It's a totally different uh kind of rot and garbage. So Representative Cori Bush is now under criminal investigation for paying her husband, who has no security experience, to be her private security. Uh, she's paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to her husband um, from campaign funds, which you're not allowed to do that with because she needs private security. Now, she did admit in her presser that she's been paying her now husband lots of money to provide these security services. And of course, he's not licensed to provide security in Missouri or in Washington, D.C. Um, but the best part of this is that uh, Cori Bush defends the fact that people around her are allowed to carry guns. Um, even though um, you may not be able to afford so, and she also thinks that the police shouldn't be carrying guns or protecting you either. This was Cori Bush in 2021. You can't get that off. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and uh, okay, uh, so we're going to defund the police so they can't protect you or your family. Um, but she's going to pay her husband from her campaign funds uh, so so she can be protected. Got it. Great. Equity hires really working out, huh? Uh, Jamal Bowman, um, another member of the squad, was a New York City principal who we found out this week wrote free verse poetry talking about how 9-11 uh, was this grand conspiracy theory to help Americans kill brown people. That's according to the New York Post. Um, and really, all of the equity hires across Biden's administration are complete dumpster fires. Uh, here's Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg, who has no qualifications of any kind to manage transportation. Um, he left South Bend with more potholes than when he became mayor. Uh, knows nothing at all about transportation, but he's gay. Um, and so that's why he was a historic uh, cabinet appointee uh, here's Pete Buttigieg talking about how equity is more important in uh, maintaining bridges. Sorry, can I get a little bit more of a gloss on your work? I'm just in interested to know what it means to examine equity in bridge maintenance. Uh, looking at the communities next to bridges. So um, Pete Buttigieg is, is more more concerned about uh, the color of the person that is maintaining the bridges than, you know, making sure that the bridge doesn't collapse in Pennsylvania and kill a lot of people. Uh, President Biden, speaking of of messes across the greater Rust Belt, President Biden is finally going to East Palestine, Ohio um, a year later, which is, is just wild. It's so weird to watch Biden try to totter along and promote this kind of old 90s labor democracy while pushing progressive policy and then resting on all of the people who he's openly admitted are equity hires. In a tweet today, he said that South Carolina is the reason he was president and then said that Kamala Harris is a great historic vice president. Why is Kamala Harris historic? Has she has she done anything important? Has she passed any great kind of policy? Has she pushed any great initiatives? No. Um, he, he likes her because she's brown and, and she's a woman. Uh, may I just possibly just, you know, kind of suggest that if you're more concerned with the outward appearance of a person um, rather than their character, the things that they accomplish, you should not at all be in politics and you for sure should not be running this country. 
Up next, we're going to be talking to Stephen Kent about a little bit of media because Avatar The Last Airbender is making its way back onto screens. You are listening to the Tony Kinnacast on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Welcome back to the Tony Kinnacast on 93 WIBC. If Hollywood does anything well, it's taking something that we all enjoyed during our childhoods and uh, revamping it until it is absolute hot trash and garbage. For some rhyme or reason, they just have an excellent skill. And for a lot of us who grew up watching um, The Last Airbender, Avatar The Last Airbender, um, when M. Night Shyamalan, otherwise known as uh, M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong, made that movie, our hearts were broken. Well, we may finally be having a little bit of redemption. Joining me, as usual on Tuesdays, but this time on a Wednesday, is Stephen Kent from the Consumer uh, Media Research Center, of course, bounding into comics, as well uh, as Geeky Stoics. How's it going, man? I got a lot of affiliations. I need to do something about that. <laughs> I know. We need like some kind of uh, abbreviation, like give you a, a nice acronym. Uh, I'm doing. I'm doing all right. I uh, I share uh, your warm feelings towards the idea of more Avatar: The Last Airbender in our lives. Uh, what a great show! Uh, such a such a warm place in my heart. My daughter loves that series. Did you know that a lot of Gen Z kids rediscovered that show during COVID? I didn't, but I mean, considering that the last time there was a lot of nonsense, you had a lot of uh, late millennials rediscovering or discovering some of the 90s and early aughts sitcoms that makes a lot of sense yeah no this this show underwent a huge boom because it got added to netflix right around the time COVID hit uh and so kids were coming across avatar the last airbender for the first time and i mean there are kids now wandering around uh you know the parks where my daughter plays uh wearing uh ang katara and uh uh, uh ang and katara shirts you know it's it's pretty crazy that's fantastic. I'm still looking for Nerf to make the Sokka's big boomerang so that kids can, you know, throw them at each other and cause household injuries. But it's good to see them making a series about it, at least I think. Uh, of course, everyone's kind of trepidatious because uh, M. Night Shyamalan's portrayal of The Last Airbender was really bad. It was just really, really, really awful. So yeah. this one looks more true to form. There aren't like 500 different kung fu poses just to move one boulder. It actually is a little more true to the cartoons. And so far, what I've seen is is good. But it, it looks like you sent me an article that that's saying a little something different. Yeah. So there's going to be a, a little bit of political debate going on about the Avatar The Last Airbender movie that, uh, of course. that folks are going to hear about. So this show is going to be coming out on Netflix. It's a TV series. And it is uh, the entire first season of Avatar The Last Airbender sort of redone in live action. It's more serious in tone. It takes a realistic approach to a lot of what you see in this old cartoon series. Uh, but they are taking one of the main characters of Sokka, a member of the okay. Water Tribe, who is 
infamously and hilariously sexist. Uh, he he's just kind of like the type who uh, thinks girls can't do anything, is constantly insulting their abilities and telling them to go back to the kitchen uh, and make dinner and stay out of battle. Uh, and the Netflix series, uh, the actors talked in an interview this week about how this element was iffy for Sokka and was removed from the live action version that we're about to see on Netflix. So we are, I'm calling it now, we're getting into the main problem of, of Hollywood today, which is that they can't write character development. They can't. They have no idea how to take a character who has flaws. I mean, actual honest to God flaws, which is okay for, for characters to have. Hollywood scrubs all of that and they say, the only flaw you're allowed to have is that you don't believe in yourself. That's the only flaw. And then over your journey, you learn to believe in yourself. And then everyone hugs. And then there's a big, huge kiss at the end. And we all celebrate and, and go home. But uh, as Archie Bunker proved back on All in the Family, um, you can have a character that has real flaws that are recognizable real flaws. And um, it's okay if people like that character. Like, yeah. as you remember, Sokka through the series ends up uh, getting together with arguably the strongest woman in the series, Suki. And like, he ends up fighting alongside more. I mean, he dresses up like one of the Kyoshi warriors near the end, doesn't he? Or something, something in that. Yeah. And you know, the, the, the old like avatar that. series has a lot in the way of, of gender politics um, and different dynamics in the battle of the sexes. You've got kind of typical misogynistic, but very funny and likable characters. I think girls don't belong in the battlefield. Then you've got the girls who set those boys in their place and show them that they can fight too. Uh, you've got some sort of religious fundamentalist types who, you know, believe in keeping, uh, women and men in certain roles. And then you've got some weird gender bending that goes on in that show as well. But I'm going to take uh, the other side of this argument here, Tony, removing, oh. removing the sexism from Sokka's character for the live action series is a good idea. Do you think that it's a good idea because it would be really hard to make it quirky and funny in, in a live action if they're making it more serious this um, this is what the what actors yeah this is what the actors have said which is that as we were looking over this script and looking over this story the the sexism from the nickelodeon cartoon show uh, which is funny that the show is half comedy half drama it worked and it was hilarious it was knee slap funny but this is a realistic kind of more gritty take on the same story uh, and the sexism was not playing right it wasn't it, it wasn't funny you didn't like Sokka when he was being mean to girls and my perspective on this is that fans who find this aggravating that they're changing the character of Sokka would also be equally aggravated to see Sokka be a rude and unlikable sexist on screen they would also say this is a war on men you know like but mm -hmm. in both situations they're portraying him as toxically masculine just right. to beat up both on him. situations on, you don't like him we're on with steven kent from uh the consumer media research we're also talking about bounding uh for, oh he's also from bounding into comics we're talking about uh the last airbender from the the old cartoon old not not really to me um being brought back into a netflix series more serious tone and they're removing some elements from the characters so i i hear what you're saying and i don't think that you're wrong i think that obviously if it looks cheesy it could portray a totally different message here's my counter to that the problem is they're not likely going to remove all of the cheesiness and we see this in the trailer where like Sokka's still kind of a goofball at times and 
like kind of almost Ewan McGregor style one liners thrown in. And the issue that I have with that is that I have seen how a lot of shows and movies in the last decade have tried to keep in an element of cheesy comedy that you don't see in a lot of movies and Mm -hmm. series from the 80s, 90s and early aughts where it's just like catchphrase, random goofiness. This came out in The Force Awakens when like they didn't really know how to write Poe Dameron's character. So they ended up using like 2015 style humor. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. This is so zany. And it was like, ah, tone. So if they're going to do a serious drama, then I don't want any of the cheesy. Like if they're actually at war, then, you know, is it going to be consistent or is is this just going to be like half consistent, half awkward? Yeah, I mean, comedy is very delicate. Uh, but what I would say about, you know, this this character and they're bringing him to 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 action uh, on the Netflix series is that if you're going to have this individual go on a journey of learning how to become a man, which is Sokka's primary character arc, he's learning how to be a man and lead his people. I don't think you have to start him out at that low of a point of thinking that girls belong just sewing and cooking food no it's, but you it's could borderline you could insulting make it, to the audience you you could make okay but like take a 14 year old boy yep. who's grown up in an environment where men are doing the majority of the work and his dad who has has mm-hmm. given like specific instruction you could make it so that he is discovering the world is not the way that he thought it was with an element of humor and casual offhanded remarks that get kind of thrown backward because Hollywood thinks that the only way you can respond to sexism is with the woke, big, heavy hand going, oh, yeah, that's not how that is. Oh, you're mm-hmm. so stupid. Like, no, that's not how that really functions in day to day when someone's views are challenged. You don't need to go for the big Internet meme Velma cartoon smackdown moment. Yes. Yeah. And I think that if you did this character the old way, there would be no other way to do that it would just be more mary sue type writing where every female character is virtuous perfect strong and shows him the correct way to be but what civilizes the Sokka character is romance with a warrior girl named suki and Mm -hmm. one of the show's best points on gender politics is when he falls in love with this warrior girl he learns to respect her as a fighter not just as a girl and then when he actually wants to be romantic with her, he says, I'm sorry, I didn't treat you like a warrior, and I should have. And she goes, I am a warrior, but I'm a girl, too. And she gives him a kiss on the cheek. And it's one of these great moments of the old world, the early 2000s, when gender politics was more sane, where a girl was also showing herself to a male character with vulnerability that she needs him. She wants him in her life uh, and wants a romantic relationship and not just sort of this power dynamic that all modern movies and TV shows are about. So I, I, uh, we're running a little short on time, but I think I'm going to throw this last one in, in here is that this smacks to me more of knives are really sharp. And if you're stupid with a knife, you can cut yourself. So as a measure of safety, we're going to take all the knives out of the kitchen. Mm. And now you have to cook without a knife. And I feel like that's what I'm worried about with this show is they're like, you know what? It would be really difficult to actually write a 14 year old kid who is stupid and has a different idea of how men and women behave and whatever and doing it right. So to be safe, because we don't have directors that really know how to, to to direct and producers that really don't know how to write it. We're going to take the knives out of the kitchen. And then, so we're going to see, 
I'm worried about mediocrity that we've seen out of a lot of series these days. I think that's a well put point, Tony. Um, there is a lot of value in doing risky scripts and forcing not only your actors, but also the audience to think deeply, <laughs> you mm. know, and create a world that is not always so simple. Uh, as usual, far better put than than I do. Stephen Kent from uh, Consumer Media Research, as well as uh, Bounding Into Comics and Geeky Stoics. Thank you so much for coming on, dude. Thanks, Tony. You are listening to the Tony Kinnacast on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Go, 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 go. And on the this count of three, is the Tony go, Kennett go, Cast go, on 93 WIBC. All right, I'm going to start this off with a little bit of breaking news, and that is that uh, Nikki Haley's campaign has failed to get enough signatures uh, on the ballot to run in the presidential primary in the state of Indiana. So, uh, in <laughs> Donald Trump pretty much wins Indiana by default. Um, Nikki Haley's campaign is not serious. It was never serious. And uh, those of you who gave her money, um, quite honestly, should be embarrassed. She has absolutely no qualifications whatsoever. Her leadership in South Carolina was garbage. Um, she parroted certain talking points as ambassador to the UN, which, you know, okay. And she couldn't even get enough signatures in the conservative evangelical state of Indiana to appear on the ballot in the primary. So stellar, stellar stuff. Uh, that was uh, released in a statement from uh, Representative, soon-to-be Senator Jim Banks uh, this evening. Um, we're going to talk about something that I really didn't want to discuss because this is far less newsworthy and I'm finally annoyed enough that we're going to take this to task. We're going to talk about Taylor Swift because I've seen a lot of individuals online say some really, really stupid things. Now, I've made it very clear. I don't think that Taylor Swift is exceptionally like some exceptional artist. I, I don't think so. I think that she does have a lot of talent. I think that she's a really good singer. And I think that uh, the Eras tour is a stroke of brilliance in a marketing and campaign way. Um, however, I am going to point out that I don't really care for her music going in. Although a couple of her 2010 songs are kind of like guilty pleasure. Like it's kind of hard to not, you know, bop your head while you're listening to Trouble. So that satisfies Allison, my producer, who is indeed a major Swifty. So uh, Taylor Swift is dating Travis Kelsey, yeah, tied in for the Chiefs. Now, I am the last person on earth to tell you this because that's all a lot of people have talked about for quite some time. And the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl, and a lot of people are grumpy because uh, Taylor Swift is getting some airtime. I guess the cameras are panning to her during Chiefs games, and a lot of people are annoyed by this. But what has annoyed me is not the camera panning. Um, I, I will point out, by the way, and I will defend Taylor Swift in most of the stuff saying that she has not made a jerk of herself on social media talking about how everyone needs to pay attention to her at the game. Um, cameras are just panning to her because she's famous. She's who a lot of people idolize. And so they're paying attention to her like paparazzi do. So aside from that, the attacks on Taylor Swift in that regard are really stupid. Where we hit mock stupid, though, is that there is a conspiracy theory that is out there in the ether. That is being talked about on some network television shows and around the country that says that actually Taylor Swift dating Travis Kelsey is actually a psyop from the Pentagon. 
And you see what's going on is that the Pentagon and the NFL have conspired to pair up Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Um, And this is like her 37th boyfriend. Uh, So like just now they're they're conspiring. And what they're going to do is get Taylor Swift to endorse Joe Biden. And Travis Kelsey is going to endorse Joe Biden. And that's going to swing the election in 2024. And it's a big, huge conspiracy. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be great. Um, this is the, there have been a lot of stupid conspiracy theories over the last couple of years. There have been some good conspiracy theories over the last couple of years. The Taylor Swift is a Pentagon psyop thing. Maybe the dumbest conspiracy theory that I have heard since the flat earth theory. Um, just, just leagues of insane stupidity. I'm not even going to honor this with one of my forensic breakdowns where I break down all of the myriad ways that this is stupid. Um, if you or a loved one is suffering from the delusion that Taylor Swift is a Pentagon psyop, please seek help. Go to church, talk to a counselor, talk to a therapist, go outside and touch some grass uh, and stop being stupid. So let's get that out of the way. The New York Times, Rolling Stone, they're, they're trying to make it sound like the Trump campaign is really freaking out because the Biden administration, who is down so bad at this point, is already reaching out to celebrities for endorsements, which like this is like the oldest thing ever. Like since Marilyn Monroe was was singing at JFK while they were having sex in the closet, um, people have sought celebrity endorsements for the presidency. It doesn't do anything. It, it doesn't. Um, Hillary Clinton did this with a bunch of celebrity endorsements. It did nothing. And for those of you who say, "Wow, but Taylor Swift is really popular," Taylor Swift already endorsed Joe Biden in 2020, guys. Um, and in endorsing him, had this huge campaign to her hundreds of millions of followers to go out and register to vote. She got 35 to 36,000 people to register. Hundreds of millions of followers. She got 36,000. That is abysmally bad. And by the way, 70 to 80% of those registered votes were in blue states. It means they like they're not really going to make a difference. They're in like solidly in that state's demographics. So uh no, I'm not I'm not freaking out about Taylor Swift. There is one thing that is, again, I think just like leave him alone. I mean, I just yeah, she'll go to the Super Bowl, whatever. Does it really bother? Like, are you really losing that much game time? Like, like is the guy like zooming in on Taylor's face and the game's going on? He's like, oh crap, I forgot they're playing football. I don't think I don't. I'm sorry, I don't see that happening. Um, maybe just kind of let this one go. The New York Times and Rolling Stones trying to make it sound like Trump's super scared, even though Trump has openly been like, I I don't care. I'm probably more popular than her anyway. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's just, just, it's just stupid funny. Uh, there is one thing that I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you guys about, and that is the meme that I've been seeing shared by some of you out there who I know listen to the show. And there are a lot of people that have tweeted this meme out. They say your daughters are watching you hate Taylor Swift supporting her boyfriend, and hearing you complain about her taking 60 seconds of airtime out of a three-hour game. What they hear, they being your daughter, is be smaller, be less, do better. Okay, okay. Don't share stupid memes on Facebook like this. Don't quit it. No one, there is not one daughter out there whose dad is watching the football game and he's like, I wish they'd show the game instead of panning to someone who's not in the game. And she's going, he said something bad about Taylor Swift. He must want me to sit in the kitchen my whole life making Betty Crocker dishes. No, there, there isn't a sing. If, if your daughter believes that, then you, you should have raised her smarter. I'm sorry. There isn't a single person out there. You know what? If, if on Chip and Joanne, on the, the house renovation show, if they added a dude who spent half of the show talking uh, to Chip about what tools he does and doesn't like, the ladies watching the show would be pretty annoyed. If the Bachelorette 
was actually uh, about the guys talking about what they like and don't like with each other instead of with the, the Bachelorette, people would be annoyed. It's not Taylor. This idea that we can't criticize celebrities that you really, really like because you just can't, you can't say anything bad about Taylor. She means so much to me. How dare you? Um, guys, some of my closest friends and colleagues absolutely despise each other and it doesn't bother me a bit. Uh, as many of you know, Rob Kendall, who is a very good friend of mine, and Attorney General Rakita, who is a colleague of mine, and I, we're on good terms, they don't like each other. They really don't. You know what? That's life. Sometimes your friends don't like each other. Sometimes people say mean things about people that you respect. I think Mike Pence is an okay guy. A lot of people say mean things about him. I think Ben Shapiro is an okay guy. A lot of people say mean things about him. Uh, that's life, guys. You know, a lot of people say mean things about me, and that's okay. It, you, you'll, you'll get by. And so to those out there who are upset either on behalf of Taylor or are upset at Taylor, um, it's a pop star. It's a Super Bowl game. It, it'll pass. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll get better. We'll, we'll move on. And I'm sure the next dumpster fire will, will pull everyone in, whether it's UFOs or Hillary Clinton's left pant leg. Thanks for tuning in this evening. This has been the Tony Kinnett cast. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care.